0: Turn with me to Matthew chapter number 14 is where you'll find the text today for the message. And um, before we get there, I want to share with you a story of something that recently personally happened in, in my life. And um, I want to share with you uh, about that story before we get into the message um, in Matthew chapter number 14, a familiar story today that we're going to be sharing with you and preaching from uh, today. But uh, back in March, March the 23rd, me and my wife celebrated, Amanda, our 20th anniversary. And um, when you... Thank you, thank you. And uh, when you get to that mark, we had we had already planned to um, celebrate and do something that we had never done before. And so we we had been saving money, getting ready to do a trip to leave our four kids behind and and just me and her go somewhere do something. And so uh, one of the things that came up, we wanted to do something we haven't done before. And so I had never been to California before. She had never been to uh, the Grand Canyon before. I'd been there, and then we both had never been to Vegas before and so we kind of did all that in one trip we flew in and uh, went to Vegas a couple of days and then we went on to LA and uh, spent a few days there and then made our way back but in the middle of that we decided to go to the Grand Canyon how many of you have been to the Grand Canyon before what a what a splendor of God's uh, creation and beauty and and we were privileged and the way we did it though was unique because we got to thinking we uh, as we flew in um, we looked and we we paid for a bus tour so it's um, it was a long day it was going to be a a trip up we'd stop at some places on the way and and then we would um, make our way to the Grand Canyon and then come back down and it'd be a full day but uh, but it actually worked out great we they picked us up right from our hotel and we loaded up and we uh, uh, were able to sit back and relax and we went over the hoover dam and we were able to watch and look out the window at all the the beauty as we were going up the mountain and headed up uh to the grand canyon we got there and uh the grand canyon is kind of a place you take a million pictures of the same thing you know just over and over again you keep everywhere you look uh you keep taking pictures and 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 we finally got done with all of that and we began to make our way back well that's where the the story kind of takes a turn Because when we were on our way back from the Grand Canyon, uh, our driver came over the intercom and he began to tell us that he was at his limit of hours that he could drive and that we were going to be stopping for a meal at a fast food place. And from there, another driver would be taking us the rest of the way down the mountain and back to our hotel. Well, we, we had the, the meal, we got back on the bus, we began to go back, and we began to notice an extreme difference. The driver that was on the way, we didn't have any issue, we had no problem, but this driver, uh, it was a young lady who was driving, and we began to go over and we was dun-dun-dun, hitting the bumps on one side of the road, dun, dun 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 and then we'd come over on this side and we would hit the bumps in the middle of the road, and, and we just kept feeling it going back and forth and back and forth and then at times it would slow down and then we would speed up and 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 you could just tell that it was not the same driver and we began to actually and many people on the on the bus began to voice that it felt unsafe we we were beginning to feel unsafe as we were coming down that steep incline in the mountain and so finally we got down uh, almost we were got down halfway down the mountain and this driver pulls over to the side of the road, puts on the flashers, and we look up and she's got her head down on the steering wheel in the in the front of the bus. And so we begin to uh, wonder what's going on. Several people go up and begin to check on her and we find out that she is pregnant and um, she did want to come into work. She was feeling sick, but the, the boss and the people told her she had to, that there had to be a, a driver to pick up and drive the rest of the way back. And so she was severely dehydrated. Um, she was having some difficulty and an ambulance came, picked her up from the side of the road and left us in the bus, uh, sitting there on the side of the Grand Canyon on the way down. You can imagine it was different on the way up, but now coming back, uh, we began to have worry we began to think what is going on and eventually uh, it was a good while later another driver came and got us and took us the rest of the way home we got home about three hours later than we should have been and uh, in the middle of the night and and we that experience how many of you know we won't soon forget that experience you know that we had but I say that to say this this morning I want to think about in our life there are times where we have mountaintops and then we have valleys there are times when it's smooth and everything is is gliding and we're upward and we're, we're headed in the right direction. And there are other times where we come down and we come crashing. And sometimes it feels like we begin to get our eyes off and, and worry and wonder what is going on. And I, I wanna deal today with, with Peter. And I feel like when you uh, study the life of Peter in the Bible, uh, that is much of the testimony of the life of Peter. How many of you know that one minute Peter may be saying Christ I'll never deny you I will uh, go with you to the death Uh, I'll never forsake you but the next minute what is he doing the rooster is crowing isn't it and he's denying the Lord three times one minute he is saying that Christ I say that you are the Christ the son of the living God the next minute he is doing what God has told him not to do by grabbing a sword and cutting off somebody's ear Um, Peter one minute he is speaking truth and the next minute he's got his foot in the mouth in his mouth. And, and we find that Peter had a lot of ups and downs and a lot of moments where he had highs and he had lows. And I believe when we examine the scripture today, uh, this familiar story of Peter, I believe we say the same situation. And that's what I want to talk about today. Matthew chapter number 14. And let's look at a few verses together today. The Bible says in Matthew chapter number uh, 14 and uh, verse number um, let me see if I'm Matthew chapter number 14 verse number 22 the Bible says here and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and go before him under the other side and while he sent the multitudes away when he had sent the multitudes away he went up into a mountain apart to pray and when the evening was come he was there alone But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves, and the wind was contrary. And the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a Spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me unto thee on the water and he said jesus said come and then peter came down out of the ship and walked on the water uh, to go to jesus and when he saw the wind boisterous he was afraid and beginning to sink he cried saying lord save me and immediately jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him "O thou of little faith wherefore didst thou doubt and when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. And then they were in the ship, uh, worshiped him, saying of a truth, Thou art the Son of God. I want to preach on this subject today, the title. Don't listen to the waves. Well, I want to give you eight quick things, and I want to focus in on really um, one main thing that goes with the title today that we're sharing about. And number one, we find out the sending. In verse number 22 and verse number 23, the Bible says that Jesus sent the disciples uh, into uh, the ship to go to the other side. And so we look at the story, and previously we find out that they had fed the uh, 5,000, the miracle of the 5,000 that had been fed. And now um, Jesus sends the disciples away in the ship and he stays behind as he prays up in the mountain. I love the picture of that. As we see, Jesus saw them uh, where they were. He knew where they were in the middle of the ship. He's up in a mountain and they're down at sea level and he is watching them and seeing where they're at. And I begin to see the, the sending as he, uh, o- they obeyed him and obeyed the will of the Father and they got in the boat and they went to the other side. Um, Jesus knew where they were. Um, How many of you know that sometimes uh, the path of life is not always easy? Um, Sometimes the path that we go through, as sure as we go through life, there are going to be ups and downs. There's going to be hills and valleys. There's going to be battles and blessings. There is going to be all kinds of ups and downs through life. And these disciples, they are doing what God has told them to do. But yet now they are being sent across to the other side. Side and a storm comes into their life. Um, it is an extraordinary path. Sometimes the the path that is not the easiest leads to the most extraordinary testimonies that come out of it for God's glory. And in this moment, uh they are sending, God has sent them to the other side. Number two, then we begin to see the storm. Look what happens in verse number 24. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves for the wind was contrary. When I began to see here the, the storm and we went to a year of college uh, at Pensacola, in Pensacola, Florida, and while we were there, I experienced one of the greatest storms I'd ever been involved in, and that was Hurricane Opal. You may remember back in, in 1995, 96, and, and they had had us down in the, the lower parts. In fact, we had to hang out all day in the gor- uh, girls' dorm room, uh, or uh, gym rooms, locker rooms, and, and they had us buried down uh, away from everything and we came out we could hear the storm we could uh hear the winds howling outside and and finally the time came it was over we were released and there was palm trees uprooted and and, and the whole top of the sports center was was wide clean windows busted out and later we were able to drive to the coastline and I was I couldn't believe the damage of, of a million dollar homes that were completely uh wiped out and completely desecrated And and when we think about when i think but think about that storm. How great of a storm! Maybe you could think about today—a uh, literal storm, a physical storm—that you've been through, um, and being in the middle of it. Imagine being these disciples. They are in the boat. Uh, this isn't a cruise ship boat. This is a a, a sailor's boat. And, and Peter knew what, what boat life was. He knew what the sea life was. Uh, he was a fisherman. And here they are. They're in the middle of the storm, and they begin to be afraid. They begin to look and see what was going on around them. And Jesus knew right where they were in the midst of the storm. I think about the obedience that they had to get in the boat and to go. And maybe in the middle of that storm, they began to question and say, God, is this really what you wanted us to do? Did you send us into the storm? Can I tell you that obedience to the Lord does not mean immunity from the storms of life. When we go uh, by what we read here in the, in the illustration that, that is set for us, we know that God put them in the boat. He sent them to the other side. Um, how many of you know that God was going to, if he commanded them to get to the other side, how many of you know that they were going to get to the other side? Amen. They had God's word, but yet in this moment, it didn't feel like it. Now a storm has hit. Now they do not feel like they're going to make it. Now uh, they begin to look around at the contrary winds. um, The the winds that are against, that feel like they're against the will of God. Against what the word is that God has given them. Against what God had told them was going to happen. They had God's word they were going to the other side. They had God's word that they were on the right path. They had God's word that they were where they needed to be. But yet the storm still came. And obedience to the Lord is not immunity from the storms of life. Um, They were in the fourth watch. You know, that means they were between the hours of 3 and 6 a.m. There was dark. There was darkness. There was not. They couldn't see very well all around them. And, And they were in the midst of a way out in the middle. By this time, it's believed that they were already three miles from the shore because they had already uh, traveled from the time that they had got on the boat until the, the fourth watch of 3 a.m. to 6 p.m., uh, 6 a.m. Uh, but I love the fact that Jesus, then we began to see, look at what the Bible says in verse number 27 uh, or 26. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying it is a Spirit. Jesus came to where they were. Can I just encourage you this morning that no matter what you're facing or what you're going through, Jesus sees you and he knows where where you're at. Sometimes we don't see him, sometimes we don't feel him, sometimes we don't know what he's doing, but I can assure you today he sees you, amen. He knows every hair on our head. He knows every thought that we have. He knows everything about us, and He knows what we're facing and what we're going through. And He came to where they were, and He was in the midst there, and they saw Him, and He went to them, and they, they may not have seen Him at that moment. They saw the waves. They saw the storm. They were troubled. They were full of fear. God knew the fear that was in their heart because He spoke to them, uh, be not afraid, be not troubled, be not afraid, uh, for it is I. And God knew the trouble that they had in their heart number three i see the supplication notice what happens in verse number 28 the bible says that jesus as he spoke in verse 27 he said be of good cheer at his eye be not afraid then peter said this he answered him and said lord if it be thou bid me come unto thee Think about that for a moment. this is the supplication. this is the prayer that we find with um, with Jesus and uh, Peter to Jesus. Um, there was so many you know there's so many people that have opinions about uh, peter i 've heard people say uh, that Peter should have stayed in the boat and, and i 've heard people say that he should have never got out of the boat he should have never got out in the middle of the storm um, but in my opinion, I believe that Peter uh, had bold faith and he didn 't ask arrogantly, but he was asking and Saying, Lord, if it, if you if it is that that you would bid me, uh, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee. Uh, he was asking. He was saying, Lord, not my will, but Thy will be done. Uh, Lord, I, this is, may not be what I want, but Lord, what you want, would you bid me to come unto you? And, and the prayer of Peter, we began to see that he was in the boat. He could have stayed in the boat, but he had a bold prayer to say, God, help me to get up. How many of you believe today that God can do the impossible? Amen. Amen. Here's Peter. And you know how the impossible is taking place? is because of a bold prayer by Peter. I believe that Jesus would have never said to Peter, come, if Peter didn't pray and ask God to bid me to come unto you. What a bold prayer. What, a, what an impossibility. What a, a believing God in this moment. Uh, they want, he wanted to be near the Lord. He wanted the presence of God. It wasn't anything selfish about this prayer. Um, can I tell you today, I believe it was D.L. Moody that said this. He said, to be much with, for God, you have to be much with God. And and we have to be near to him in the midst of the storm. uh, He knew that his safety was to be with Jesus and to be close to him. And in this moment, it wasn't anything arrogant that he had asked. It reminds me of the story of Alexander the Great. Um, Many times when the early years of Alexander the Great, he was Alexander the ruler. He was just known as a, a ruler. He was up and coming. But one of the things that happened is in the story of of Alexander the Great, is many people would come to him in the land and they would have great requests. They would ask things that many of the people around and the the, the other people would tell them, uh, don't bother him with that. That's too great of a request. Uh, it's too great of an ask. Don't worry with him uh, with what you're trying to, to ask for. And they would still press through and they would come. And when they would get to Alexander the Great, even though the guards and the people would murmur and say, that's crazy. Why would people ask for that? You know what Alexander would do? He would look at the people and he would do things that nobody thought he would do for the people and therefore he was given the name Alexander the Great because of the great request. Can I tell you today, God wants you to come with boldness. Amen. He said come boldly before the throne of great grace and find help in time of need. God wants us to come boldly before the throne and we don't have to come arrogantly but come believing God and boldly and when we have that kind of prayer, God can hear and God can answer. Number four, not only do we see the supplication of Peter but then we begin to see the stepping look at verse number 29 and he said come and when Peter was come down out of the ship he walked on the water to go to where Jesus was can I tell you today that when God gave the order to come that peter had the pathway to get to jesus uh, by walking on the water by doing the miraculous when god gives an order he will give you the ability to do it amen uh god when he says to go then we should go when he says to come then we can come uh the impossible is is when we are able to get god's promise and it will be done unto us uh when christ tells us to do something we can trust him and we can do it um in my life i think back to when i was 17 years old, I got saved and gave my life to Christ. And as a 17-year-old young man, a senior in high school, and um I remember that uh, at Community Baptist Church in Cateca, Alabama, I remember sitting on the front pew, and every Sunday I would I would come to the altar and I would bow and I'd just say, God, I, I was sold out, I was surrendered, I was on fire for God. I I and I would say this prayer to God, I'd say, Lord, whatever you want for my life, God, that's what I want. Lord, I surrender, I surrender. I kept saying that over and over again. God, whatever you want for my life. Well, that was all good until the Sunday I was sitting there and the Tommy Tillman, a a missionary, was visiting the church and he was a missionary to the leper colonies in Thailand and he began to share his mission work that day and I was sitting there on the front row of the pew, uh, the front pew of the church and for the first time ever, god answered what i had been praying lord whatever you want for my life i surrender and i heard god call me and say i want you to preach and i looked over my shoulder and i said god you got the wrong person you're talking about somebody behind me that's not me Lord, I took zeros in speech class. I don't get up in front of people. Lord, uh, you've got the wrong person. And, and, and I began to tell him every reason in the book, God, I'll do anything else but that. Uh, then I had one thing on the list and I said, God, I, I, I go back, I, I, I take back what I said. Lord, I, I'll do anything, but I won't do that. And God just kept on everywhere I would go that summer in May. And then June, I'd go to youth meetings with uh, Tony and and our friends, and we would go to youth camps, and we'd go to things. And every time I sat and I heard the preaching, it didn't matter what, he, he could have been preaching on tithing. And you know what I heard? I want to call you to preach. I want you to be a preacher. That's what I kept hearing every time over and over again. And I ran from it, and I already had a plan in place to go to Pensacola, Florida, and major in graphic design. And, and I'd already taken college courses in high school, and I already had a, a scholarship, a partial scholarship for graphic design, and I had everything ready and planned out in my life, and, and God just continued to laugh at me. And, and he just continued to say, you can throw all that out the window, I'm calling you to preach. Well, in May and June and July and August, I ran And I kept ignoring and I kept running and I kept being like Jonah and trying to get away uh, and, and trying to get far and far away. And finally the time came, the end of August, and it was time to go to college. And I can honestly say in my mind, I got to college, I unloaded my stuff in the dorm and I was beginning my semester of graphic design and I really breathed a sigh of relief and I said God, or I didn't say God, I just said finally I've got away from this finally I'm here finally I'm on what the plan that I have finally that's behind me and that very first day I was at college they had an opening revival and there was a speaker by the name of brother Tom Farrell and he got up behind the pulpit that night I was sitting in the balcony and he began to preach and he said, and when he preached he said I want you to turn to Romans chapter number 10 and he said I'm preaching on how shall they hear without a preacher and I'm telling you tonight God is looking for a preacher. I sat there and I said, God, I give up, I surrender. And I went out into the balcony that night and I surrendered the call to preach. That's been about 27 years ago or so uh, in my life since God had, I surrendered to the call to preach in my life and I'm going to tell you I haven't regretted uh, one minute, amen, there's been times I, I mess up and I flop and I fail and I struggle and I don't I, I'm not the greatest preacher or pastor but I'm going to tell you I've got I know without a doubt that God called me and when He tells you to go, if you go and if He tells you to come then you come and I promise you you'll never regret it amen when you do what God has told you to do it may be scary it may be that the winds are all around you maybe that the waves are all around you but if you do maybe God is calling you to salvation today maybe you know you're a sinner and you know that you're not saved I'm sorry sorry about to go down like I went down the Grand Canyon but I'm telling you today maybe you're here today and you'd say I don't know that I'm saved I'm not ready to meet if this was the last day on earth I don't know that I'm ready to meet God maybe there's reasons why you tell God you say well God I'm not good enough can I tell you the Bible says we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God I know that's right. maybe you say I maybe you think you're the other side you think I'm good enough I'm okay I'm a good neighbor I'm a good person but we know the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. We know that salvation is of the Lord. And I want to tell you today, whether you're watching online, whether you're in this auditorium, if you don't know that you're ready to meet God, today can be the day. Don't put it off. Don't say, I'll do it tomorrow, or, I'll do it later. Today can be the greatest day of your life if you give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I promise you, you'll never regret the decision To trust Him. Let me ask you today, those of you that are saved today, has anybody ever regretted the moment you got saved and gave your life to Christ? Uh, No, there's not a single person that I've ever met that regrets that decision. And I want to challenge you to step out and to trust Him today and to accept Him as your personal Savior. That stepping that Peter did. Now, this is where I want to, I really want to get to this morning. I want to give you number five. Look at verse number 30. The Bible says, but when we, when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. The title today I mentioned was don't listen to the waves. And I think about Peter and Peter had a lot of ups and he had a lot of downs. And in this moment when he was walking on the water by faith. And by the faith in god's word he was walking on the water when he walked no more it was because of the fear of the wind and the waves all around him today there you may be here this morning and maybe there are waves that are speaking into your life maybe they're telling you you're not going to make it through this maybe they're telling you that you're not going to be able to overcome what you're facing when i think about the the storms of life and the battles and the waves and sometimes it just seems like too big that we can't face it Maybe it's the wave of the bills that you can't pay. Maybe it's the, way, the, the waves of the, the grades that you can't make or the people you can't please or the whiskey you can't overcome or the pornography you can't refuse. Maybe it's a career that you can't escape. Maybe it's a child you can't control. Maybe it's a past that you can't forget that the devil keeps bringing back up to you. Maybe it's a future you can't face. Maybe it's rejection or sin, maybe it's lust or sickness or or divorce or remorse or grief or or revenge or pride or maybe it's stress or worry, maybe it is debt, maybe it's betrayal, maybe it's disease or sickness, maybe it is um, not feeling like you're enough, maybe it is hopelessness or heartbreak or bitterness or unforgiveness or loneliness or failure or maybe just simply disbelief. Whatever the, the wave is that is looking at you and laughing at you. Maybe it's like Goliath laughed at David and disdained him and ridiculed him and, and laughed at him. Maybe you feel like that today. Maybe the things that are going on all around the world have, have overcome you with fear. And you're listening to the, the voice of the world. And you're hearing what all is going on around you. Can I tell you today that uh, Peter in this moment, his senses took over. I, I, I mean... He, he felt the wind, he seen the lightning, he heard the thunder. Uh, I mean, he, he even tasted the water and smelled the sea. Uh, all of his senses were taken over. But let me tell you what God gives you today. He gives you the sense of faith, amen. And even when everything else looks like you're going under, I can tell you today that if you have faith in God, he will come to where you're at and rescue you, amen. He will help you wherever you're at. Whatever is drowning you, whatever is sinking you, he will come to where you're at. Don't listen to the waves anymore. You know, we, we live in a world where media is all around us and, and we live in a, in a world where if we're not careful, we get caught up and we hear all the swirling around us. Maybe today we need to get our eyes back on Jesus. And, and listen to his voice and, and not let it shake the word of faith that we have. If God has told you and God is, is in your life and he's working, then listen to what God is telling you and what he's telling you. Let me, let me share one last thing today and we'll be done. There's a story that comes to mind of a young boy and he was in an awful accident and it left him blind. He could no longer see. And this young boy, as he got older, he, he really struggled with what he was facing, and he felt like he was all alone, and he, and he couldn't, he had a hard time dealing with it. In fact, he began to shut himself off from the world even though he was still capable he still had everything else that he could do but he couldn't see but um he would shut himself off in the room and and his dad and his mother and family were worried about him because he just stayed in there and and he constantly was living uh with the uh with, with what he was facing and and he felt like he couldn't do anything and finally one day the dad had had enough and the dad went to his room and He opened the door and he said, son, he said, I realize that you're blind and I know that you can't see and I know that you have a a handicap and you can't, I I know there's things you can't do, but he said, I'm going to tell you what you better do before I get home today. You better, there's lights out in the high ceiling in the living room. And he said, there is a ladder out in the garage and there's light bulbs on the counter. And before I get home today, I want you to go out there, get the ladder, and I want you to change those light bulbs. And the dad shut the door and uh, he said, I'll be back after work today. And he shut the door and he went out. And the boy, after a while, he began to talk out loud and he began to be angry at his dad and, and and say, can you believe what he's telling me to do? He don't understand what I'm going through. He don't know what I'm facing. He don't know what I'm dealing with. He don't understand the pain that I'm, that I'm facing. And, and and he don't know what I'm going, he began to talk bad about his dad. He began to talk bad about the, what he was going through. And eventually after a while, he began to think about it. He began to ponder it. And the young boy said, you know what? I'm going to show him I can do it. And that, gen- that young man, he went down out of his room, and he went down to the garage, and slowly he felt his way around, and he found the ladder, and he brought it in, and, and he got back through the garage, and, and he found the light bulbs, and he sure enough went and, and set up the light, uh, the ladder, and he began to climb up to the top. He got up to the top, and he felt around, he undid the light bulbs, put in the new ones, went and took the other ones, threw them away, put the ladder back in the garage, Felt his way up through the hallway, back to his room, went in his room. 5.30 came. His dad, he heard him come, coming up the stairs, and, and sure enough, the dad walked in the room, and he said, son, thank you for doing what I told you to do. Thank you for changing the light bulbs, and I know that you're blind. I know that you didn't think you could do it, but you did it. I'm proud of you. Thank you for doing the job. And the son uh, heard the father, and a year later, now, he went by. The son, since that day, had really been a turning point, and he realized he wasn't helpless. He realized there was still a lot that he could do, and and he began to, uh, one day at the breakfast table, he said, Dad, I've got to tell you something. He said, I, I want to thank you for what you did for me that day. He said, you don't realize it, but I've realized now that I, I can still work. I can still do things with my hands. I can still feel my way around. There, I'm not helpless. I'm not useless. There's still things that I can do. And it was because of you making me change the light bulbs that day that really made a difference in my life. Thank you for doing that. And as he was speaking those words, he couldn't see, but his dad's face was just filled with tears. And the dad said, son, The father looked at his son and he said, son, I've got to tell you something. He said, you didn't know this, but he said, that day I didn't go to work. He said, I heard all that you were saying in the room. And he said, I was down in the living room. He said, I was there. And when you made the choice to come out of your room, he said, I was at the bottom of the stairs. And he said, I saw every step you took. He said, I would have caught you if you'd have fallen. And he said, I saw you go out the garage. And he said, when you got the ladder, he said, I was there and he said son I watched you every step that you made and he said when you got to that ladder and you were climbing up he said I was holding it steady at the bottom he said I was looking up and I was ready to catch you if you would have fallen and I think about that story and it reminds me that Peter was out there and the disciples and maybe they thought God didn't see them does God care that I'm sinking does God care what I'm going through why did he put us in a boat why did he send us through this and in the midst of that peter began to see jesus and they realized who it was and he called out to him and he said a bold faith a prayer an impossible prayer god bid me to come unto thee he stepped out but you know what peter even did peter began to get his eyes and he began to hear the waves he began to see the waves he began to feel the wind he began to see the lightning and the thunder And because of that, because he got his eyes off, he began to sink. And all he had to do, Jesus was right there close enough that all he had to do was say, God, I need you. I'm sinking. I'm drowning. I I keep making, I've got my eyes on the wind. I'm hearing the waves. But God, I need you. And he said, Lord, save me. Lord, help me. And I'm going to tell you today, I don't know where you're at. I don't know where, what is, maybe you're at a place to where you're just getting in the boat. And there's not a storm it's still sunshine. but can i tell you today that there's ups and downs through life and we have to be ready saying god whatever you leave me maybe you're in the middle of a storm today maybe in the middle of the storm and you feel like you're going to go under you feel like you're going to drown i want to encourage you today to let you know that jesus will not leave you and he will not forsake you and he sees where you're at and he'll be there at the bottom of the ladder." And he'll be there to catch you if you fall. He'll be there to help you when you sink. He'll be there to pick you up, whatever you're going through today.